Good morning. Uh, today we are going to talk about the wormhole between uh, Solana and Ethereum. Um, it was hacked for 120,000 Ethereum um, and Jump Capital uh, graciously stepped in and provided $320 million to bail out the bridge. Um, just to go back to do a quick um, refresher on what wormhole is. Wormhole is a bridge that goes between Solana and Ethereum so that people can transfer their ERC-20, which is the Ethereum tokens, to Solana into Sol tokens. Um, what Wormhole does is it takes the token, uh, transfers or burns it, and then tells on the other side to make a new token so that there's always a one-to-one -one token ratio. So when you send over your uh, Ethereum to Solana, it gets burned or effect destroyed on the Ethereum side and then created new on the Solana side. Uh, what this hacker did was exploited a bug to make it so that it seemed like they were sending over um, wrapped Ethereum, but in reality, they didn't send anything. So they ended up with 120,000 wrapped Ethereum on Solana with no backing on Ethereum. So they basically created... 120,000 Ethereum out of thin air. And this is a huge problem for Solana as this was 25% of the Ethereum supply on the network. So potentially 25% of the entire Ethereum supply on the Solana network was unbacked. Uh, Jump Crypto, which happens to be the owner of this wormhole developer, uh, jumped in and provided um, the money basically to back this so that nobody would have any losses. Um, if they wouldn't have backed this, there probably would have been cascading liquidations um, as people lost confidence in the price of WETH as there's not enough to cover it. And people would begin, you know, trying to trade out of it and to uh, recover their, basically recover their money before it becomes worthless. Um, just a little bit about Jump Capital. Like I said, they bought the Wormhole developer back in August for an undisclosed sum. Um, in September, they lost their jump, launched their Jump Crypto Trading, which is they have 120 or 140 employees that are full-time uh, crypto traders and researchers. Um, and so they're just, they're a huge, hugely in the Solana ecosystem. And this was a, a huge thing both for them if they wouldn't have covered it and the fact that they did cover it is i guess you could say it shows some confidence in solana but it also shows that they're pretty dang centralized if a firm like this can just step in and drop almost you know over a quarter of a billion dollars to basically fix a bug in their system uh what do you think about this yeah so it's like 50 50 because on one hand, you're really happy that Jump Crypto was able to jump in with that 350 mil and like equal everything out so that they didn't have to take anything back offline or freeze funds or anything like that. But the bigger issue is the Solana network vulnerabilities, right? Because I mean, this is probably the third time in just the last six months I've heard something about Solana going haywire and them either having to shut it down or be bailed out or something of that sort. So it's, it's a good thing that there weren't cascading liquidations and they hopped in before that could happen. But it also seems like it might be inevitable if they don't change the base layer of the system because it just 
keeps happening and at some point there's not going to be somebody to bail them out as quick right yeah well and eventually it if solana keeps growing it's going to get too big where instead of a 320 million dollar bailout it's going to they're going to need you know a 320 billion dollar and then they're not you know that's not money they're just going to have laying around no and that that you brought up this centralization of it and that's another thing that you know i've kind of heard i've never really dabbled uh super hard with solana you actually have some notes to go but yeah so yeah actually um solana right now or we're sorry jump capital is a direct customer of tether with usdt which is a very centralized stable coin uh they have over 98 percent of all usdt that's been issued on solana is direct issue or is jump capitals uh usdt so they have a huge yeah that's the thing they're a huge part of that ecosystem so you know it's that's that's a huge whale that's probably taking up a third of the ecosystem just on their own um also the solana founder um said in a podcast uh in september that there are only 20 people that actively contribute to their code so like you said it's a very centralized blockchain at the moment yeah, and I think it said 15 of them work directly for the founder. So yes. like, it's not people wanting to work. You know what I mean? Like, And there probably are more it. out there that, you know, maybe there aren't contributing at the moment, but yeah, still, yeah. It's, it's a low number. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy. Um, <laughs> the one quote I liked is, Soul is often described as the billionaire wonder kid's personal blockchain <laughs> network. <laughs> that made me chuckle pretty good. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how accurate that is, but it's yeah, man, it's wild that they you know they started more than twenty years on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange and then formed Jump Capital in twenty twelve and just kind of like it seems like from those like the meat of this article, it seems like not like a nefarious actor, but they're definitely bordering the line of what's acceptable and what's profitable. Yeah, they're they're a whale out there. They're a shark, whatever you want to call them, but they're. Right. Uh, they're not out there looking out for other people. They're looking out for themselves on this one. It just happened to align with the interests <laughs> yeah. of everybody else on this point. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Awesome. You want to uh, you want to move into helium? Yes. Let's talk about helium. And I'm stoked that Max is here because maybe we can talk a little bit about it. But so the title of the article is maybe there's a use for crypto after all. Helium, a wireless network powered by cryptocurrency, hints at the practical promise of decentralized services. So the initial question that revolves around the whole article is the inherent use case of crypto outside of financial speculation. So there are plenty of crypto exchanges and NFT trading platforms, but there's not nearly as many crypto projects solving problems that exist outside of crypto. So on the most basic level, Helium is a decentralized wireless network for Internet of Things devices powered by cryptocurrency. So the network is made up of these Helium hotspots that anybody can buy. Uh, you might have a little bit of a wait list, but anybody can buy and provide connectivity 200 times further than traditional Wi-Fi with what they call Helium Long-Fi, which is the combination of low RAWAN wireless protocol and the Helium blockchain. So basically they do this by sharing the owner's bandwidth with nearby internet connected devices. So think parking meters, small kitchen appliances, all the way up to remote wildfire environmental sensors and smart pet collars. And, you know, those bikes that you rent and run across the city and then leave randomly. Um, any Anything that's connected to the internet. I just checked earlier this morning and right now there's more than 555,000 helium hotspots in use around the world. 
Um, they are more densely populated in, you know, more urban and populated cities. Um, obviously because it's just like crypto, you go to, you know, bunk buck, Wisconsin, and nobody knows a thing about crypto. You go to Chicago and it's almost every other guy. So it's just a population type thing as well. And then helium hotspot rewards owners for participating in the network by creating HNT, which is their, you know, token. Um, what's kind of cool is helium started in 2013 as like a long range peer to peer wireless network and tried getting businesses and people to set up hotspots that they could string together. And they struggled to get enough participants and the network kind of stalled out. And then in 2019, apparently they were, you know, drinking scotch around the table and someone brought up, why don't we pay people in crypto to set up their own hotspots? And in 2019, that new model was released. And if you've been paying attention since then, I know that our crypto chemistry group has, you know, been big helium fans for a while. But um, I mean, they've only been growing and growing and getting bigger and bigger. So it's uh, pretty awesome to see. Greg, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I personally don't um, have a hotspot or any helium, but I think it's an awesome project that I've been following. Um, I've lived in the country quite a few times, um, you know, out where there's no internet connection. And if there was something like this available where you could actually set up your own system, you know, and it's like, I'm, I'm willing to pay the money to set up my system and to get internet. But, you know, if Verizon or Comcast or whatever isn't willing to lay the cable out there, willing to put up a tower, it doesn't matter how much money I'm willing to kick in. Whereas with something like this, if I want to build out my own network, it gives me the option. And I think that's just awesome. And like you said, it really gives the actual use case for crypto because it's you're paying, you're incentivizing people to set up this network that's going to eventually benefit everybody. Well, yeah, and it's pretty cool. Like for the use case part, like you can literally hop on their website and see the map and like start using it. You know what I mean? Like you might, yeah. so, some of your stuff might be using it and you don't even know, but I'm happy that you brought up the internet in Wisconsin laying cables. Cause that's another question that I don't know if Max knows anything about. We can ask him after this, but apparently you technically violate your internet service providers terms of service. If you're reselling a portion of your bandwidth, so not trying to, you know, get anyone in trouble, but I'm sure once the laws start changing, you know, obviously everyone's going to have to maneuver a little bit. I mean, I personally have Xfinity and, you know, I've got a, a couple of things connected to that. So we say, but, um, Max, what do you, what, do you, what's your, what's your take? What are your thoughts? Dun, dun, dun. And I can bad. talk now. Okay. Yeah, so I, I didn't really had to press that button. <laughs> no, no problem. But no, I mean, I've, I've been a big Helium supporter for a while, thanks to uh, our guy, Mr. Swiss, who introduced me back in the day. It was one of my first uh, introductions into crypto. I had heard of Bitcoin and Ethereum, didn't know much about them, didn't really have much of it. But Helium made sense to me from a a use case perspective is the first time I really understood how crypto could be used in the, in the real world and how it could actually like have a place beyond just, you know, a speculative asset. Um, and it's also what I found to be the, one of the easiest concepts to explain to a, a, I guess a crypto layman. Uh, if someone doesn't really understand crypto, I found talking about it in terms of Wi-Fi um, is a good way to start. I'm explaining how, you know, your tokens are used to pay for the service and to, to pay for each transaction, like a fee, um, how you earn 
helium through, you know, providing a hotspot, which is really just providing um, bandwidth to the network so other people can use it. You obviously re receive helium in return for that. Um, and what's really cool is they're rolling out a 5G portion too. So it's going to go beyond just Wi-Fi. They're also going to provide 5G. And to your point, like you said earlier, when you're selling your bandwidth, it can be considered a, a breach of your terms of service with your internet provider. But what was cool about this 5G rollout is that they've already partnered with Dish um, and and a few other smaller uh, you know cable providers or, or at least you know services who provide some sort of um, viewing. But but what's cool is that they're getting the the okay from these major companies. So these major companies are seeing that it, it is possible to to utilize a network like Helium and make it profitable for themselves. So one thing that I think was really interesting is think about a telecom company. If they want to build out an entire new 5G network or entire new Wi-Fi network, they have to actually go out and buy physical assets, towers, pay for people to build these towers. It's it's a billion-dollar task. But if you can build out a network through individuals and then just lease their the the bandwidth or at least the data from their network for a fraction of the costs because you don't have to spend on all this capex well companies see the value in that that creates more income it's more cash in their pocket because they're not spending it on capex and and on this these you know major towers or networks that maybe may need to be replaced in let's say five years especially with how fast um technology is expanding but but yeah so that's my long-winded answer on helium um, but yeah, I'll hand it back to you guys. I'm obviously very excited about it and, and happy to see it finally getting yeah, some traction. To, I wanted to quick touch on one of those points. I think that that's, it's going to be awesome too for um, decentralizing uh, cell phone providers if we can get more than the you know major three because like you said, it's such a large capital expense to set up everything where if they can just basically plug their plug into a Helium network and use it, without having to do all the uh, capital expense in the in the front end, that should hopefully allow for some of these smaller carriers to actually compete with some of the big guys. Well, yeah, <laughs> even if they don't use Helium directly, and, you know, since they always steal shit and try to make it their own, say they make their own Helium and, you know, say 1,000 people, you know, 10,000 people in each state get free internet as long as you run this device to provide internet to everybody else so that they can charge them. Like there's plenty of different opportunities for these bigger, you know, phone and network companies to, to make their, make their pot somewhere down the line. But the other cool thing about helium is it doesn't use a lot of energy. Like, isn't it proof of coverage instead of proof of work? So I read that it, you know, some of the helium miners don't take up more energy than like a five watt light bulb. Can you speak to that, Max? Yeah, I, I couldn't got speak. One, right? Yeah, I couldn't speak to the like exact technical aspects yeah, yeah, yeah. of it, but but for sure it it is it's next to nothing. Like you wouldn't, I, I think someone compared it to like watching Netflix for like two hours in four K, like per month. It's like that's how much data you get yeah. in a month. So it's it's really significant. Um, yeah. And on top of that, you are earning helium in return. So even if there is a slight cost, you're most likely offsetting it, if not exceeding it, um, with your your return in, in the helium token. Especially if you if you have a hotspot that's getting a lot of connections, um, and and it's talking to a lot of other hotspots, then we're talking about you know you're easily 
easily trumping however much you're paying for that thing with how much you're bringing in. It's it wouldn't even be close. So, but yeah, yeah to your point, it's very low cost even if you're not mining a ton. Yeah, I just go back to thinking of growing weed inside in Colorado and fucking light bill went up double and you don't have to worry about that with helium and it actually pays you back. So go ahead and go ahead and look into it. Yeah, no, it's, on that that's note, a good point. <laughs> on that note, I think uh, we're about at the limit. Me and Greg kind of shot the shit at the beginning, so I'll clip that out. But I appreciate you all calling in and we'll catch you later. Awesome show, guys. Thanks. Sounds good. good.